you may be listening from, good afternoon. You are listening to the Pro Shot Podcast. As always, my name is Tyler Raines, and I'm with my co-host, Alex Fortadel. And today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. We have a very special guest with us, Mississauga Steelheads defenseman, Ola Bjorkvikholm. Ola, how are you? Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. It's an honor Absolutely. to have you on. Yeah, man, yeah, it's great to have you. So, first things first, how, how is being back home? How's, how's your summer going? It's going good. A uh, whole lot of workouts and all nice practices. And yeah, it's a little bit different from what I'm used to with the whole coronavirus thing. But yeah, I think it's going good for sure. We're glad to hear that. So it's uh, your first year in juniors finally in the books. How did it feel after the season? Were you kind of exhausted when it ended? Were you looking forward to getting back into it? No, I was looking to get back into it. Um, yeah, we were on our way to to a game and all of a sudden was all over so that was kind of sad to see it go away like that and yeah we're hoping for the playoffs to start again but yeah unfortunately we couldn't do that so yeah I think it ended too soon to be honest yeah absolutely yeah absolutely like you guys were absolutely tearing it up in your second half you know like the likes of you James Hardy you guys were absolutely tearing it up you guys were doing well you guys had clinched a playoff spot but like, I absolutely agree with you. It came too soon. But but since, you know, you've had your first year in Mississauga, how did you how did you like the city? How was adjusting? Did you did you find any, you know, like nice restaurants, good places, any favorite spots in the city? How did you enjoy it? No, yeah. First day, like, people welcomed me with open arms. Um, yeah, I, I can't complain of anything. So my abilities, too, were great. Uh, teammates, coaches from top to bottom. Uh, everything was super nice. Um, yeah, we. My favorite place to eat was probably the keg. To be honest, yeah, that's a good place. The keg, I would say. I love steak, you know. <laughs> Best steak. Oh, that's good. So um, now, if you if you had to choose a favorite OHL arena from the ones that you've been to so far, which would it be and why? Uh, for sure, London Knights. Um, they're just uh, the place is going. Uh, when we played, there was probably like eight or nine thousand. Um, yeah, just a sick place to play in. So London Knights for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you have like your teammates were pretty, pretty. They they had great personalities this year. You know, you know that they're obviously that there had to be some jokesters in the room. Out of all of your teammates this past season. In your opinion, who's the funniest player on the team? Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, Liam Ham was was a funny one in the room. Um, Cal Tuna, um, he was uh, he was fun until he left. Uh, he did, uh, but yeah, he was a funny guy too. So maybe Liam Ham and him are the ones that comes to my mind. And speaking of the locker room a little bit, do you have any uh, kind of funny stories from the season that you can share? Um, funny stories. Um, mm, I don't know. You caught me out guard there. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I got – I'll think of, of one, and uh, maybe I'll, I'll come back to it. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Sure. Absolutely. No problem. Um so, so, like like I said before, this was your first year in the OHL. Um, 
you did pretty well. You're able to get a couple goals, a couple assists. Everything was pretty good for you. Um, now going into your second OHL week, now going into your second OHL year, and especially since it's your draft year, um, what are some personal things you you want to work on to improve your game? You know, if it's is it your offense, your defense, to you, what do you, what do you want to improve most this off season? Uh, for sure, the offense. I think uh, the defense slowly came and. I think I did a pretty good job there, but yeah, the offense, uh, I was paired up with Thomas Harley for most of the season, so he took care of the most of the offense, but yeah, next year I want to be a more offensive guy and may hopefully get some more time on the power play and produce some more goals and assists so, to help to help the team win. So yeah, that's a part of the game that I want to get better at next, next year. And then now, uh, you said that the, the defense kind of came slowly in the, into the game. But if you had to describe the type of player you were, what would it be? Uh, it would be a 200-foot defenseman who can play, uh, who, ha who has good gaps, a big size, uh, um, overall a good player. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Awesome. And now uh, this one's a little bit of a throwback. So it was December 20th, 2019 against the Barry Colts. Well into the third period, you scored your first OHL goal. Uh, how did you feel in that moment and possibly after the game? Were you excited? Uh, did you call friends or family after that? Yeah, so I remember that game. I was going home to my family after that game. And, uh, yeah, so I shot it from the blue line, I think. And I thought uh, Cole Schwint or Nicholas Kennedy, who was in the front of that, tipped it or something. So I didn't know I scored it. But then I saw him, like, pointing at me, and I knew I'd score. So, yeah, it was a good feeling for sure. Um, yeah, a special moment. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, no, that's absolutely awesome. And um, speaking of your teammates, um, over the past uh, few days, or actually more than, I'd say, a week or two, the Steelheads drafted Casper Larson, another uh, defenseman from Denmark. Mm -hmm. What do you, yeah. What are your uh, initial thoughts on that? Have you talked to him yet, or or you? Or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I, I talked to him a couple of months before uh, the the import draft. There, um, he was kind of nervous, didn't know what to expect, and all that. Um, but yeah, I just told him a lot of good things about Mr. Saga and our team, and and all that. So yeah, he's excited to come next year, and he's a big guy. Um, I think he's like 240 pounds or something. Mm -hmm. six, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think I played against him once uh, under U18. Um, not sure, but yeah, he, he's, he's a good player for sure. I know that. Absolutely. Now, uh, before we wrap this up, I wanted to ask one last question, and this is probably like the, the most important one that, that we say. Um, so what is your favorite part about playing for the Mississauga Steelheads? Uh, my favorite part, um, it's just like being with the boys, um, close to Toronto. It's just like the place, um, I don't know, just everything that comes along with it. Um, um, yeah, just unbelievable group of guys, uh, uh, good supporting fans, uh, the coaches, um, and also that Mr. Saga is like, it's close to every team almost. Like the travel is not that far, so. Yeah, we're in a good spot. That was Steelheads defenseman and, and now, 2020 uh, NHL Ula, draft thank prospect, you very much for your Ula Bjorvik Holm, talking about the past season and his first year in the OHL as a Mississauga Steelhead. Yeah, yeah. thank you guys. My name is Alex Fordall. I'm here along with the host of the Pro Shop Podcast, 
Mr. Tyler Raines. And today we're going to be talking about the Mississauga Steelheads and a recap of their overall season and talk about how some players did good, some players did bad, and we're going to give our opinions on that and more. And Alex, it's your first episode and you're already, already doing better than me at the intro. Fuck no. <laughs> really no, yeah, like you're acing it. Yeah, he, he seemed like he was having a lot of fun in his first season, though. Oh, absolutely, he was. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, like, oh, absolutely. You know what? Honestly, just besides him not getting the puck much, like, Ulev Jorvik-Holm is going to be a really good player for us next year. Like, to me, he already was. You know, he's the epitome of a two-way defenseman. He got some goals, got a good passer, and his, his defensive game is, to me, on par with Thomas Harley. And he's, you know, his first year in the OHL. So, you know, a lot of good things uh, ahead for Ulev Jorvik-Holm. Absolutely. And now, you know what, I, I want to go back into like sort of a recap of the season. Now that we uh, kind of jump back into it, look at how many Steelheads had career years. The top six scorers, this was all like, they all hit career highs in, in points, which is astonishing. I'm super happy because production's never been better. Sucks that the season ended so late or so early, but you know, there's a good shot to get it back next year. But with that being said, what, like, what do you, what do you think? And how was, how did you enjoy this season? Well, the first half of the season, it was the most miserable hockey I've ever seen in my life, honestly. Um, uh, throughout the season, I was able to uh, watch, uh, watch most, most of the games actually from the press box, along with Matt Collin and Victor Finley who do the play-by-play -play for Saga 960 for the Steelhead games. Great view. Oh, my God. It's an incredible experience. I've, it was so miserable. It was so, so miserable, especially their, their school day game with uh, Saginaw, uh, their, their first half school day game. Oh, yeah. Great. Like, it was such a good, great atmosphere, you know? We never play good against uh, – we, we never play good for the kids. It's like, do we hate the – I don't know. We don't hate the kids. But, you know what? Saginaw was an incredible team. Cole Perfetti, absolutely – put the team on his back, got 100 points. He's going to be projected top five in the initial draft. But still, overall, the Steelheads, uh, and funny enough, they will tell you, they will say the exact same thing. They did not play well. Uh, they were not scoring goals. They were making good passes. Thomas Harley was leading, leading the team in points with assists at the time. Uh, Kai Edmonds was, uh, was, playing at meet, was playing at a mediocrity at best, honestly until the second half came and they absolutely turned a complete 180 and they became the hottest team in the OHL and they were scoring goals. And James Hardy was the epitome of the goal scorer. They've been wanting to see come out of him since, you know, his first year in the OHL last year. So overall, I think it was a good season. They just have to focus on their consistency for next year. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, uh, yeah, the first half of the season wasn't great in the beginning, but, I mean, if you look at the second half where they were coming from, I think it was that game, like we were talking to Ula about on, on uh, December 20th. That was the game that they – I think it was 7-1. They beat Barry 7-1, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but it's uh, – that game I felt just really kick-started everything because I'm just like, okay, well, it's you know, the, last day, the last game before the holiday break. And they just – they looked energized. They looked ready to play out there, and they, re they looked like they were a legitimate hockey team now. Instead of that team that we saw go three and six in the beginning of the regular season, 
they looked like a well-oiled machine. Oh, absolutely, they did. They looked absolutely incredible uh, from that game on in December to to the cancellation of the OHL season. Uh, they had clinched uh, a decent spot in the playoffs. I think it was uh, part of me. I think it was se- sixth or seventh seed. Um, sixth seed, yeah. Sixth seed, which honestly, you know what? That's to me, that's absolutely solid because the past year past year or two we've been like what getting seventh seventh se- yeah, I think, yeah i think it was like seventh seed then niagara or, or barry getting eighth or sixth seed um you know and next year is going to be the year for us to shine especially since a lot of good players in our division are going to be gone quinton by be gone he's going to be on going on to better things in the nhl um you know um and then Barry, honestly, Barry is, probably, is, Barry is most likely going to be our toughest competition because they're going to be having all their guys come back most likely. You know, Tyson Forrester coming off a career year, you know. And um, I think next season will probably be the best season in franchise history for the team as long as we can focus on our consistency and make sure we are consistent. Yeah, I agree. Right where I we mean- left off as one of the hottest teams. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, if if this season has shown us anything, if Schwint Hardy and if Harley comes back next season, assuming he doesn't make the Dallas Stars, if those three alone can hold their own, then we're going to end up in a decent spot. But if you have consistency like you've seen all season long between guys like Washkarak, Whitaker, who's like a like gritty defensive forward, Nick Kennedy, Aiden Fruder, Calvin Martin, you name them all. Uh, well, Calvin Martin, obviously not coming back, but you, you name them all. If we can have complete consistency with the team and, you know, our rookies are starting to fire off on all cylinders, it'll take, it'll take them a little bit of a little bit of a month or so to kind of figure everything out. I'd, I'd assume. But uh, once those guys start getting the hang of the game, it's going to be pretty awesome. If, if this team can stay consistent and this is like the number one thing that they need to focus on, if this team can stay consistent throughout the season, I can see him making the OHL finals. They absolutely could. It's not like they don't have the, the skill or, or the quality in players. They have some of the best players in the league. Cole, Cole Schwint was drafted in the, in, in, in the fourth round by the Steelheads, and now he hit 71 points in 57 games in only his third year draft. He's a Florida, a Florida Panthers prospect. And um, same thing with James Hardy. His sophomore year, he belts 34 goals. Like, what, what the heck? Come on, you know? It's, uh, it's a great time for us to prosper in our talent because we have the talent to prosper. And especially since we got a guy like Zach Lavoie, who played, to me, at the highest level he could play for his age in the GTHL for the Toronto Nationals, led the GTHL in goals. And that is the one thing we needed at the beginning of the year in the first half last season was goals. We weren't scoring them. We weren't getting goals. We were getting menial garbage goals, you know, but at the end of the day, they weren't adding up to goals to get us a W in the win column. And you know what? I think Zach Lavoie will be a huge, huge piece. Um, I, I, I hope big things for him. I hope 20 goals at least. You know what? That's far-fetched. But the kid absolutely dominated, dominated the, the GTHL and uh, – with that and, and alongside our other draft picks, because, man, we had a darn good draft. We probably had one of the best drafts uh, this year uh, besides Peterborough, you know. But, but, yeah, you know what? As long as we can uh, give our 
give the rookie some playing time. I think like give the rookie some playing time on top of our already huge top six that are so impactful. If we can, if we, if we can make that all stay intact, then OHL finals, here we come. That would be perfect. I mean, like, and, um, you look at the way that James Hardy played, and I have to say, he's probably my favorite player on the ice to watch because, I mean, look at last season. He showed that he was capable of scoring. He had 15 goals and, and seven assists. He had 22 points in 62 games, almost a full season, right? Mm-hmm. His sophomore year, he played less games and obviously had more points. He had 34 goals, 29 assists for 63 points. I just want to talk about how that is – phenomenal I've, I've never seen a player go from his first season scoring half the goals that he did to almost 40 goals and he could have let me just say he could have hit 40 goals easily if that season had continued if not for the oh, pandemic I- and with everything going on he easily could have hit maybe even 50 maybe even 50 you include playoffs maybe 50 yeah honestly yeah he could yeah, have, i mean because, hey and that's not bad i mean if uh yeah, because, I mean, let's say – and, again, I don't want to get myself carried away here. But let's just say they did win that game in North Bay when when yeah. the game when the season ended, when they were on their way. And let's say that James Hardy scored a hat trick. That's already 37 goals. And they exactly. had seven games left in the season. If, he's, if he at least put up one goal a game, he could at least hit 43, 44, 45. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and again, like he can score goals, but he's a good passer too. Again, almost 30 assists and on top and, and, you know, and and combine the goals and assists, he was averaging more a point per game. And all of that helped by being placed on that first line with, with centerman Cole Schwint, who was the epitome of a godlike playmaker for us with almost 50 assists and, you know, in his third year alone. So, and, you know, um, those two, those two guys make a deadly combination. And then, and then you have the grittiness, and the, uh, the, w- the willingness to compete with Nick Canadi, who I swear to God, that guy never gives up on, a, on, a, on, a, on the puck. Doesn't matter what shift, doesn't matter when. He is the epitome of the heart and soul team. And, um, you know, like, again, like James Hardy absolutely killed it this season. And to me, James Hardy is the epitome of natural growth. When I'm, when I'm talking about natural growth, I mean like, like realistic growth that can be sustained. For example, Tyson Forrester, he went from 20-something-odd 20, 20 points to 80 points. That's absolutely incredible. Am I being a biased Steelhead fan saying that that's not natural growth? <laughs> absolutely. Because the, the, no, because the thing with Tyson Forrester is that it's all about if he can sustain that season, that 80-point season he had. Yeah. If he can't sustain it, then, then like, how the hell is he going to play good hockey? You know, like, and another good example of, to me, natural growth – Nick, uh, Nicholas Robertson, former P. Their, their return to play roster. Um, he he was dra- he was a steal for the Leafs on like second or third round. He scored twenty odd goals, and then he went and then he just absolutely shredded it by doubling his production in almost a quarter or less of games played. On top of that, with thirty assists, over fifty goals. You know. So that right there is a prime example of, of natural growth and growth that can be sustained throughout their hockey career. You know, um, again, I could be wrong. Tyson Forrester can like put up a hundred points next year and I can look like an absolute fool. You can say I'm a fool then, but right now uh, James Hardy can absolutely sustain his play as long as 
Schwinn's by his side. The sky's the limit for him. And and speaking of Colt Schwinn, I mean, that first line was a killer line. I mean, we saw great passes from Nick Canaddy. He's one of those players, again, who can get into the gritty corners and, you know, it just kind of outmuscle a lot of opponents that he's faced. Um, but looking at Cole Schwint, you're, you were talking about more um, gradual development. You look at Cole Schwint in his first, in his rookie season with the Steelheads, he had 18 points. His sophomore season, he had 49 points. So he moved significantly upward. And then this past season, he had 71 points. Let's is, just face it. Yeah. This team or this team is easily the best developing prospect team in the OHL. And yes, I am saying that. You know, I, I take whatever you want out of it. But from my personal experience, what I've seen in the last few years, we've had Mike McLeod, Owen Tippett, and Nick Thomas Harley, who are all first round picks. You've had Nathan Bastian, Nick Haig, Sean Day, Cole Schwinn, who have all, and those are just the guys who have went in the top, the first three rounds. So let me just say this for anybody who underrates the Steelheads, it just basically says, oh, you know, they don't matter. They're a trash franchise. We've produced three players were drafted in the top 20 in three separate years. Owen Tippett was drafted 10th overall in 2017. Thomas Harley was drafted uh, 18th overall in 2019. And then there was Mike McLeod, who was drafted uh, 12th overall. Also Alex Nylander. Yeah, and Alex, Alex Nylander well. by Buffalo. Yeah. By the Buffalo Sabres. How can I forget yeah. about Alex, man? Poor Alex. He needs some. That's, 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 <laughs> that's another topic for another day. But Alex Nylander, uh, one of the best to play, uh, play in a steel his uniform. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's it's um, the development on this team has been amazing. The way that these guys gel together and the way that they just they work together as a team. Not only that, but I mean the coaching staff and both of our all of our GM staff have been doing an amazing job at making mm-hmm. sure these players are are doing the best to unleash their true potential. And so far, what I've seen from these guys is it's amazing. You know, like you got you got guys like Nick Canaddy who, uh, you know, they're they're not. He didn't really put up a whole lot of points in the beginning, but now he put up like a forty point season. There's no reason why next season mm-hmm. he shouldn't be able to get sixty points at least. Now, is it all about points? Oh, oh absolutely. I think Canaddy is like it wouldn't matter even if he didn't put up any points at all. He's still one of the greatest leaders in the locker room from what I've seen, and it's just like he's he's just a great leader. He's everything you need in the next captain. And it was like, we're going back to the episode that, uh, that Darius and I were talking about when we were deciding our next captain. Uh, or no, that was, uh, mm-hmm. that was the episode after. Yeah, we, when we were talking. That was the episode we did, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was basically. We had to uh, come lines of coffee, yeah. Yeah, we were, we were talking about who was the next captain. And easily, I, I just thought, like, top of my mind, Nick Canaddy's the guy. His leadership ability, both on and off the ice, is second to none. Yeah. Um, just the way he plays on and just gets into the into those dirty areas, like I was saying, nobody really goes into the corners. He's not afraid. And not only that, but he can play a great physical game too. So he can he can not only just play the, the offensive side of the game and defensive side, 
which, by the way, he's been known to play defense and the wing and center. He, he's pretty he's a utility player of all positions. But, um, you know, he's he's got an amazing physical side to the game, and that's something you really do have to respect about him. Absolutely. Nick, like, Nick Canati again, like, like you and I and uh, Cameron Reeser also said in, your, in the previous episode of the podcast, like, he's going to be the next captain, or at least we hope and think he will be the next captain. He's, he's a Mississauga boy. He's the epitome of, uh, like, his story is so interesting in the sense that we got him in the 12th round of the OHL draft. He's now our first-line right winger who's producing at an unreal rate from from where I think anyone originally thought of, you know, at the rate he would boost, especially for a 12th round pick, you know. And um, he's again, again, he's we talked about in the in that episode as well. He's done great community work with the Hockey Gives Blood uh, program and that initiative, you know, and um, and um, amongst a, a million other things. Um, Nick Canati is vital to the team and the heart and soul and he's hopefully going to get the C for my opinion. I think he deserves it. I mean, I think there's a lot of players that are really deserving of the C, but uh, I think Kennedy's got to be the right pick. And even if you, if you don't pick him, I mean, it's a, it's a total missed opportunity. Oh, I think that he's, he's the right leader. He's, he's just the guy that you want to lead your team to an OHL finals appearance. Am I saying that, you know, um, Schwint, Washkarak, or anybody else are uh, are bad choices. No, but I think no, it would be a good not. opportunity. You know, from from what I've heard from uh, from the guys, he's a good locker room guy, and you know he's uh, he's an even better player on the ice. So, with uh, with that being said, so we we tackled kind of the regular forwards. Let's move into kind of let's move into the import draft. Yeah. Casper Larson, six That's foot cool. six defenseman. He's Danish, and. Huh. Uh, Mm-hmm. He's he's a big boy, so he's he's turning uh, he's turning eighteen on September twenty third, and why don't we kind of go over what uh, what he's gonna bring to the team? Oh, absolutely. Casper uh, Larson is I've been able to do a Q and A with him for a sports page. Me and Tyler run. Toronto Sports on Links. You can find us on Instagram. Um, I was able to do a Q and A with him. Like, all, like, like the day he got drafted, I contacted him. He was uh, incredibly nice and willing to give me a few minutes of his time just to answer some some questions. You know, to to, pro- to formally and properly introduce him to Steelheads fans. And he is such. He's an incredibly nice guy. Um, I could just tell right off the bat. He loves hockey. He he wants to he wants to become an NHLer. He's 6'6", 250, and just about to turn 18. He has a late birthday, so he will be able – he is draft eligible for, for the NA for the 2021 NHL draft, not this year. Um, my God, he is huge. This guy could be the <laughs> – like, like I said, and of course, good standing. 6'6", without skates. Skates at at least one to two inches. On He's ice, like more this like guy six, is seven, essentially six, a 6'8", on ice. On ice. Zidane Chara. This guy can be the Zidane Chara of the OHL. I think he's going to be better than Zidane Chara in the sense of what he can do when it comes to his athleticism. I've I've been able to see some uh, clips of him with the puck, and for a big guy, he skates pretty well. You know, his puck handling is not bad. 
of course, uh, things could improve, but but all hockey players would say, you know, they could improve on things. Uh, he he's a really good skater, from what I can tell, and he is not afraid to use his to use his uh, his massive frame to just push guys over. In the clip I saw of him actually recently, he had the puck. There were two smaller, maybe 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 six six one six two guys chasing him for the puck. He literally just stuck his arm out and just pushed them, and they fell to the ground. It wasn't a penalty, thank God, because that was an incredible play to watch. He had the puck in one hand. He shoots left, which is always good to have another left shot. Um, and he he's not he's perfectly willing to do whatever he has to do physically on the ice to to have a good shift to to do well for his team. And and when I talked to him, he showed a huge interest in joining the, in joining the Steelheads for next season. He hasn't officially signed anything yet, um, but. Uh, with some sources we have, we've been able to hear that he most likely will sign uh, in the coming weeks or months, most likely. The process is taking a while. But he yeah. would be a huge, huge asset to the team and an absolute great pick. Um, him and alongside Ula Brovic Home, they are the Steelers' two uh, import draft selections. So we, so next season or they're on, we cannot get any more import draft guys. But you know what? Absolutely great pick just solidifying our defense as we do have a lot of good offensive guys who can shoot the puck on net and he's the epitome of a defensive guy that will mow you over and move the puck out the ice and I mean he in a sense he kind of reminds me of a Dustin Bufflin type because he can use his physicality he can block shots but he can also have a good good uh playmaking sense and that's something that I really do like about Casper Larson is the fact that he can bring that kind of all-around defenseman presence to this team and it helps the fact that he's uh, that he's so tall and he's got the huge frame, like you were saying, because it's just his physicality that really contributes to his physicality. And despite uh -huh. being as tall as he is, look at guys like Quentin Byfield, who, you know, he's 6'5", and he still skates like the wind. He's still very, very fast. That just goes to show just because you're tall doesn't mean that you can't skate fast. So, and that's absolutely, something that I really absolutely. do like about Casper Larson is the fact that I think he's going to be a great addition to the defense. And that this team is looking very, very good. So with that being said, why don't we uh, why don't we move into the rookies a little bit, and then we'll do we'll finish up with our line combinations. What we think the lineup's going to look like. Yep. Okay, so uh, let's let's start off with Owen Beck, your uh, your best friend there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but honestly, Owen Beck. Um... A very nice guy. I've been happily able to talk with him a bit uh, throughout this past, uh, throughout the past few months since he was drafted. Really nice guy. Uh, we're hopefully going to have him on here for uh, for an in for an in interview, maybe within the next month. Hopefully, uh, he's a busy guy, so imagine, imaginally, hopefully we'll get him on here at some point. But yeah, Owen Beck. He's a really good two-way player. He's the centerman from. He played with the Quint Red Devils. Last year, he put up some good points. I think he, I think he matched his point total with the games played. Ty, if you can help me out with that, how do you do? Yeah, he. Uh, let me actually open up the spreadsheet. I do have it open, luckily. Yeah, so he played the, I believe, the same amount of games. It's loading here for a minute. Got a mm -hmm. lot of. Uh, yeah, so he actually, so he um, had thirty-nine points in thirty-four games. And the previous season in 1819, he had 29 games and 34 points. 
So he played five more games and got five more points. Right there. Absolutely. That's a point per game right there. Hopefully if, if that, if that is how it transpired, but my God, uh, a really good pick for us. Uh, I will admit in the sense, because we drafted in person Christie funny enough. So I think because we picked up uh, Zachary Lavoie in the first round, he, he was the goal scoring piece we were looking for at the time. So I think JR was probably thinking for a good two-way sermon that can give us some, some nice depth. Um, you know, again, two-way, uh, I did a, an, I did a Q and A with him for Toronto sports only. He said he would describe himself as a pure, like 200 foot player. Um, good on offense, good on defense. And you know what? He's incredibly happy to be a steal, but hopefully we can get him on here and ask him some more questions, uh, you know, some more questions, you know, for you guys. And, uh, but yeah, absolutely great player, uh, a safe pick. I will say, you know, like, you know, a safe pick in the sense that, you know, exactly what you're getting. You're getting a guy who can, has a good shot, who could skate well, has a, uh, has a good uh, defensive game as well. So a safe pick in the sense that you're getting a solid pick, especially going into the second round where some people actually had him going uh, late, late in the first round. So overall good pick player. Yeah, and I mean, and the thing that I like about Owen Beck is the fact that he's like more of that offensive presence. So again, it's it's like you mentioned, we got the scoring pieces that we need in Zach Lavoie and Owen Beck, and then Carson Christie is again that kind of playmaking playmaking forward as well. Um, so I think that these guys are really going to contribute well to the depth. And let's let's take a look at Zach Lavoie while we're at it, and then we'll move into Carson Christie before we do our lineup. So Zach Lavoie, I just want to point out, is a native of Ottawa, Ontario. So, you know, not uh, not super far. He's a right-handed shot. And last season, he managed to put up 40 points in 30 games with the Toronto Nationals AAA team, U16, of course. Mm-hmm. He had, I'm sorry, he had, like, I think 27 goals in that time. And he led the league in goals, I'm pretty sure. Confirm this for me, Tyler. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he did. Yeah, he did leave the league in goals. Yes. Yep. He yeah. Did leave you know, I, like I'm. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And when I say this, I'm not bashing the Toronto Nationals at all. I'm sure overall they are an incredibly solid team. Again, was able to do a Q and A with him for uh, Toronto Sports Unleashed on Instagram. Uh, he's, he would say himself, he's a 200 player. He loves scoring goals, and um, you know what? Like, like he, like he's that type of impactful player that can make or break a game. Um, like he has such a killer shot. He has such a darn good shot. It's absolutely insane. He has the best shot, the best like natural like goal scoring shot available in the entire draft. Uh, most most of the draft this year were just really good scoring, good passing. Good defensive all around 200 foot player centerman. And we were on the team to go for a right winger, funny enough, and we got the best right winger available in the draft in Zach Lavoie. And we need a goal scoring. We didn't score good goals or get a lot of goals until the second half of the season where James Hardy absolutely started killing it in the league. Um, so he's going to be that great second or first line piece depending depending on how he has depending on how he plays at training camp if jr really likes him i could easily see him sliding in possibly on the front i don't think he will though personally he'll probably go second line because we i personally believe for all of our prospects back 
Lavoie and Carson Christie, we need to give him playing time, especially Carson Christie in the fact that he was probably the best natural goal scorer aside from Lavoie available. Um, absolute steal in the draft. He had 40 goals with um, with whatever his team was. We'll talk we'll talk about that in, in a second. But yep. you know, Zach Lavoie is the epitome of what we needed, and we and we needed goal scoring, and we got it. And, and see, um, yeah, the, the thing I like about Zach Lavoie is he said it on multiple occasions. He, he models his game after Alex Kovalev. And Kovalev was one of the best goal scorers that we've seen in the NHL. Sure, he's not like an all-time goal scorer, but it doesn't matter. Just the way that he maneuvered the puck around the ice, he models his game after Alex Kovalev. And that's a very useful thing for not only the Steelheads, but for his game as well. I think he's going to develop very nicely. And it's, it's like you said, um, you're going to have to wait and see how he does in training camp. But I think that he's more than likely going to make the team given the fact that he can pretty much do anything with the puck. And just the way that he's a, he's a wizard. Just the highlights that I've seen from Zach Lebois, he is an absolute wizard. Carson Christie. Carson Christie. The, the biggest general. The, the Oshawa Generals U16 AAA team. Right. I forgot. Thank you. The Oshawa Junior Generals. Yeah. 40 goals. My God. Holy crap. I'm sorry. Just that it's the biggest steal of the draft. I remember I was watching, uh, I was watching the draft live with our, our good friend, Thomas, who was also on the, also on the pro shop podcast multiple times. And he will attest to the fact that I freaked the heck out. I totally forgot that Carson Christie was even on. I forgot about Carson Christie in general. And I can't believe so many other teams did. So many analysts and so many OHL fanatics had him going in the first round, medium to late first round. And I, myself, also had him going to the Oshawa Generals. Funny enough, he played in Oshawa for the Junior Generals. Oshawa could always use more goal scoring as uh, Ty Tulio is most likely going to be drafted this year. He will probably see some time maybe in their organization training camp. Who knows? Um, but no, we got him with our second pick in the second round due to some trades we made last year. I'm sure, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was Saginaw's pick for, in for the Owen Tippett or Ryan McLeod trade we made uh, two years ago. Um, I, yeah, I think it was the McLeod trade, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. It was, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you know what? Biggest steal of the draft. I know people are, I know a lot of people were like, "Wow, Don," like the likes of Donovan McCoy. He's a the, one of the best defensemen, one of the best defensemen available in the draft. He went to a stacked team in Peterborough, but Peterborough are they're losing like a, they're losing a lot of their top players. Akil Thomas, he's done. Yep. He's gonna Akeel go. Thomas. He's gonna go with the LA Kings organization. Most uh, likely Nick Robertson, Robertson. He's done. Semi-Nurk yeah. Oh, he's absolutely. Semi-Nurk absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, they're yeah, losing absolutely. a lot of guys. Hunter Jones as well for for the Minnesota Hunt. Wild. Oh my God! Exactly, and, and and kudos to Peterborough for making such incredible players, for developing such such incredible players, you know. Um, but you know what, Carson Christie to me should have gone in the first round. He should have gone. She she, she should have gone. Like I think it was thirteenth overall to Oshawa. You know, was I think it was? Who knows? He should have gone to Oshawa in the first round. I will. I said that then. I will say that now. He should have been taken in the first round. Uh, for the love of God, we got him. We need to play him. I don't want us to trade him for a hot commodity because Carson Christie, besides Zach Lavoie, is actually honestly just under Zach Lavoie when it comes to goal scoring to me, 
is the best goal scorer available besides Zach Lavoie in the league. 40, 40 goals he had with Oshawa, 20-something assists along the lines of that. We have to play him. I, 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 would absolutely, I would absolutely hate wasting him because, like, having that, like, third or fourth line depth, because our team is so stacked that we have, I have him on the fourth line, possibly, a fourth line right winger. The amount of depth we have right there is absolutely incredible that we can put a guy like him who scored 40 goals like it was absolutely nothing in a short amount of time on the fourth line to add incredible, incredible depth. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's going to so, factor into our, uh, mm-hmm. our line combinations, which we're going to do now. So absolutely. Yep. without further ado, let's go with the, uh, we're going to go the first line down. So we're going to go with that first line that worked last year, seemingly with mm-hmm. Hardy Schwint and Kennedy. That was the power line that basically nothing could stop. They couldn't, they broke through every team's defense in the second half of the season, especially the superhero game, best game of the year. Um, those three just really clicked. I think that breaking them up would be a huge mistake on, on the coaching staff's part. But I mean, if you have to experiment with lines, experiment. But uh, I'd say you should keep those guys together. They really clicked well and they really produced a lot of good stuff. Um, the second line is Richard Whitaker, Kean Washcrack, and Zach Lavoie. I like this line because you've got Whitaker in the defensive forward. You've got uh, Washcrack, that kind of power forward, and then you've got Lavoie, who's a sniper. So you can do that. Uh, that's a really, really useful line. And then we got the, the third and fourth lines, kind of our depth lines, William Porticalis, Aiden Pruder, and uh, Ty Collins. It gives us a little bit more depth. I like the way that Collins kind of, you know, he can make great plays. Um, and then the fourth line, of course, Dodig, Beck, and Christie. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take Max Dodig out, and I'm going to put Luca Del Belbalus in. Really? I know how much you like Dodig, really. Because Max Dodig, yes, he, he's definitely a great player. But I think mm-hmm. Luca Del Belbalus started surprising me towards the end of the season. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he just looked a lot more confident with the puck. He was just – he found his movement. He did, yeah. He just mm-hmm. he looked a lot better than the first half of the season. So I think that by giving him a little bit more playing time, you're going to see how much of a different player he is compared to what we've seen. Okay. Um, I I no yeah no so sorry so sorry to interrupt I didn't mean to no yeah. but um I did not hear William Portacalis. Where the heck is William Portacalis? And the, yeah, the third line. Oh, he's on the third line. I'm, <laughs> my, my 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 evil mind really wants really wants him gone. Listen, William, if you ever see this, buddy, I think you're a great personality. I saw the bar down video. We all saw it. I absolutely loved it. You're a great personality, buddy. I just think some changes need to be made. That's all. Um, sorry, first line. I'm guessing it's Harley and Ula Bjorvikol. What do you think? Yes, it is. I think that line was one of the most ingenious lines that you ever could have put together. Mm-hmm. Um, you got that amazing two-way defenseman pairing yep. in, uh, in Ulla Bjorvikholm and Thomas Harley. I mean, Thomas Harley, I've said it on multiple occasions. And JR, I keep bringing this up because I just it keeps resonating with me every time he says it. Even at the beginning of the season last year, JR said that he thinks that Thomas Harley will be a top four defenseman in the National Hockey League. And I can't help but agree. Just the way that I've seen him play and the way that he just has this acute puck sense, it's almost like the puck magnetizes towards him. And ends up oh, with a stick cool. all the time. He he makes killer plays. He can do anything with it, basically. Um, and of course, you got Ulla Bjorkvikholm, who you know, as he said, he's working on his offensive side. But you know, he's he's got a strong defensive side of the game as well. He can block shots. He can, you know, make great exit passes. 
everything like that. Yeah. So I think that's a perfect line. Um, the second line is, mm-hmm. is, I guess you could say two defensive defensemen. You could put Ethan Del Mastro and Casper Larson. I think <laughs> that's going to that's, that's be a monster pairing. That, that's going to be the epitome <laughs> of, of the shutdown line. Like, listen, if yeah. we have, if, listen, if we have like a five on three uh, penalty going on, put those two on, it's killed off. Easily. Killed off in seconds. Here it's got. Yeah, like with those two, with those two on that defensive line, oh man, there's there's no getting past them. Like Ethan Del Mastro is one of the most the one of the best shutdown defensemen that this team's seen in a while. Um and then with Casper Larson, let's say that he does commit this season and you know, fingers crossed, and from what we've heard, he probably mm-hmm. will. Um, but he's mm-hmm. a good shot blocker and he can again use that physicality to kind of make his point. So um, I think that's it. I think that would be a good line, and then of course you got the depth line mm-hmm. with Duncan Penman and Chaz Sharp. Duncan Penman being the strong offensive defenseman, as we've seen, one of the best power play yep. defensemen on uh, on the team, um, and then Chaz Sharp, that young developing two way defender who I think is you know really really good. I agree. I agree. Duncan Penman has such a good shot. Sorry. Duncan Penman has such a good slap shot. I've seen several goals of him. Like, within the past two years, he just rips a nice slap shot from the blue line. It's absolutely incredible. Chaz Sharp, big guy. A good, like, decent shot. I see him more as a defensive D-man a bit, just because just because of his point totals, honestly. But that could absolutely change with Duncan Penman, because Duncan Penman, offense on his mind first, again, with that shot. So, that's a great defensive core right there. Easily, yeah, and um, and then of course I think it's it's pretty obvious with the with the goaltenders. I mean, I really do like Joe Ranger, and I think that he should definitely he can learn a lot off of Kai Edmonds. I mean, he's 18 years old, he's a young he's a young young goaltender. Um, so I think it's going to be Edmonds and Ranger, and I don't think that there's going to be any ifs, ands, or buts about it. Joe Ranger, I like what I saw. They need to give him more games. I've been saying that for the past little while. Um. And I just think Absolutely. it's an amazing tandem. I mean, the way, the way that Edmonds played last year, he played with heart. You saw it in the beginning of the season. He was kind of – he was shaky because he was getting used to playing with a new team because he was so used Absolutely. to playing with Barry for so long that, you know, he had to get into the groove of things. And towards the end of the season, he heated up. And he, instead of, you know, cooling off, he caught fire. And he Absolutely. didn't slow down. He went out on uh, – what was it? He went out on a winning streak, I'm pretty sure, two games or something like that. Oh, he did absolutely. And that was, and, that and, was before yeah. the last game when the when they went on a loss. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and, but, and, uh, and the thing is, on top of all of that, sorry, and on top of all of that, like the the second half, he was a top ten goalie in the league. Absolutely, ten goalie in the league. You know, the league was dominated by the likes of Brett Boshu. Is that you say Brett Boshu? Yep. Is that his last name? Brett Boshu. Yeah, you got the likes of Nico Dawes, wherever the hell he went. He hit in a hole. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, all I know is that Kai Edmonds absolutely killed it because he was confident. He was playing like hell. You know, I, again, I absolutely agree with you telling the sense that we need to give Joe Ranger more games. Joe Ranger has the potential to be a, an absolutely solid backup who can, who, who we can easily give 20 games to. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't. I like, I, you know, I get, I get JR did the things he did. I just think we need to give him more games because he wasn't bad. He's not bad at all. If we, yeah. you know, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like if we Absolutely. give him, if we give him North Bay, that's a W to me. If we give him Niagara, that's a W to me. You know, if we give him Sudbury, that's a W to me. They and don't again, have to anymore. So. It's again, yeah. And I think JR and 
Brendan Taylor and Jeff Krasakis, they're all amazing coaches, and I don't doubt them whatsoever. But I think that giving Joe Ranger more games might help him develop. Because, I mean, it's, it's like a friend once told me. You can't develop or you can't get better by playing games in practice. So, and I think they should definitely That's give true. him some more games. Yeah. Um, scratches, we're looking at Xander Vecchia, Craig Spence, Max Dodig, mm-hmm. Michael Stubbs, mm-hmm. and Rylan Bowers. Who any of them can yeah. again? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Especially, especially Xander Vecchia. Um, I like him. He's he's another two-way uh, winger center combo right there. He can easily slot in for Christie. You know, he uh, playing a couple games, uh, and then yeah, and then and again, like you said, all those guys can easily rotate in. Yeah, and then um, yeah, yeah. And it looks like it's going to be great. I mean, I'm really excited for the season come training camp as well. You have a lot of guys like Iki Kogawa, for example. Um, a lot of guys who were invited to training camp this year are going to be are going to be there, and we'll see what the final roster looks like towards then. But I really do think that it's going to be super fun, and it's going to be a great season that, you know, <laughs> hopefully hopefully doesn't get canceled um, like it did, like it did this year. Because, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it will. But, um, yeah, yeah, just looking at at all the prospects that we had from training camp last year, I mean, anybody – it's anybody's game. I mean, and that's that's what's going to be fun to – fun to see is who makes the team out of camp and, you know, who still needs more time to develop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, with that being said, I think that's uh, going to about do it for this episode. Alex, thank you very much for having us on. We would like to thank, again, uh, Ola Bjorkvik-Holm of the Mississauga Steelheads. Thank you very much, Ola, for your time. And uh, we really do appreciate you sitting down with us this afternoon to do the interview. Um, This is going to be a good season coming up. Hockey is back. Let's watch the Leafs kick ass in the playoffs. Let's do this. Screw Boston. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Screw Boston. Screw Columbus. Listen, Felino, your kids will be disappointed, buddy. Cheers. If Cheers. we lose in the first round because of you, Alex, I'm blaming you. <laughs> what did I do? I listen, Cam Atkinson's Cam Atkinson. You know, great player. I can tell he's a great dad. His kids are gonna be so disappointed when he doesn't bring home that cup. But if, if you jinxed it, if you just jinxed, I didn't jinx it. Winning. <laughs> listen, listen. If Matthews gets COVID again, that's Matthews' freaking fault. Let's not go there, okay? The guy is a COVID machine. Listen, if he gives it to Willie, I'll never forgive him. I'm kidding. It's okay. We'll see. We'll see. Hockey's back, my friends. Things, life's good. We're, we're, we're getting through this. We'll be okay. OHL hockey's back. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the next, time, the next time you see us, we are going to be doing a Leafs recap of the uh, the first game of the playoffs. First game of the play-in round. Mm-hmm. going to be on August 2nd, 2020 at 8 p.m against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. So the following day, we're going to upload our recap of it, and uh, that way you'll be able to see what carnage was either done or what destruction the Leafs have done. So mm-hmm. that's it for this one. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and everything else, and check out our social media, which I will link in the description. Until then, thank you.